Beloved brothers and sisters and dear listeners, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah, it is great to be blessed to be sitting with all of you again. And we ask Allah Azza wa Jal to make this gathering, like all the other gatherings of deen, a means of my forgiveness and your forgiveness, and a means of our sins being replaced with good deeds, and a means of rejuvenating our deen and our commitment to Allah Azza wa Jal and to the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and may Allah Azza allow the dars to become a means of uh, getting our questions answered and our doubts removed and whatever flaws and we have may Allah Azza wa make this a means of removal of that and may Allah Azza wa also make this a means of filling any hollowness that we may find in our hearts ameen we're going to be covering, inshallah, the story of uh, a few points of regarding the Day of Judgment and about the previous scriptures, and then moving on to the, the, the stories of the prophets for the next few weeks. This is called Surah Al-Anbiya, as you know. So we're going to be covering, inshallah, various stories of the prophets as mentioned in Surah Al-Anbiya. And today will be the story of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. Inshallah, let us please, sisters and the sister side, brothers here, sit as closely as possible. Please move up and try our best not to have any gaps in between. Inshallah, this will bring muhabba and love within us. This will bring the, attract the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even more. Try our best to sit as close as possible. If you need the support of the wall, then try to use the support of the wall that is near to the front of the masjid so that we can be as close as possible to the gathering. Jazakumullahu khairan. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ونضع الموازين القسط يوم القيامة فلا تظلم نفس شيئا وإن كان مثقال حبة من خردل أتينا بها وكفى بنا حاسبين وَلَقَدْ آتَيْنَا مُوسَى وَهَارُونَ الْفُرْقَانَ وَضِيَاءً وَذِكْرًا لِلْمُتَّقِينَ الذين يخشون ربهم بالغيب وهم من الساعة مشفقون وهذا ذكر مبارك أنزلناه أفأنتم له منكرون ولقد آتينا إبراهيم رشده من قبل وكنا به عالمين إذ قال لأبيه وقومه ما هذه التماثيل التي أنتم لها عاكفون قالوا وجدنا آباءنا لها عابدين قال لقد كنتم أنتم وآباؤكم في ضلال مبين قالوا أجئتنا بالحق أم أنت من اللاعبين قال بل ربكم رب السماوات والأرض الذي فطرهن وأنا على ذلك من الشاهدين وتالله لأكيدن أصنامكم بعد أن تولوا مدبرين فجعلهم جذاذا إلا كبيرا لهم لعلهم إليه يرجعون قالوا من فعل هذا بآلهتنا إنه لمن الظالمين قالوا سمعنا فتى يذكرهم يقال له إبراهيم قالوا فأتوا به على أعين الناس لعلهم يشهدون قالوا أأنت فعلت هذا بآلهتنا يا إبراهيم قال بل فعله كبيرهم هذا فاسألوهم إن كانوا ينطقون فرجعوا إلى أنفسهم فقالوا فقالوا إنكم أنتم الظالمون ثم نكسوا على رؤوسهم لقد علمت ما هؤلاء ينطقون 
قال أفتعبدون من دون الله ما لا ينفعكم شيئا ولا يضركم أفل لكم ولم تعبدون من دون الله أفلا تعقلون قالوا حرقوه وانصروا آلهتكم إن كنتم فاعلين قلنا يا نار كوني بردا وسلاما على إبراهيم وأرادوا به كيدا فجعلناهم الأخسرين Hassan, who covered last week, alhamdulillah, beautifully uh, the sections, the four ayahs that came before this. And inshallah, we'll carry on from where we left off based on the calendar and the schedule that is up for today. Moreover, it is we alone who set, who set up the just balances for the day of resurrection. Allah Azza wa Jal is using a sigha of mudari'. We are currently, this is hal, right? It gives you the, this verb tense, gives you the meaning of either current or future. Um, so currently, we are setting up just to really uh, bring the picture of the future right in front so that you can see it happening in front of your eyes. Allah Azza wa is setting up all the balances for the day of judgment, for, the way, for deeds to be weighed. And what type of balances are these? Al-Qista. They're just. They are not... Uh, manipulate in any way uh, to work in favor of some one person over the other. That is what you see in this world. As much as we try to uh, be just in any court, it's almost almost impossible to be 100% just because you really don't have a full understanding of all the affairs of a certain individual or all the moving parts and components of a certain issue because you, you and I just simply don't have knowledge. It's one man's word against another man's word. Where's the proof? There's no proof. He's, he's claiming he did this and he's saying he didn't do that. And now you're in a tough situation. You have to make a decision on this. So it's very tough, uh, especially when you have man-made laws and man-made courts where you don't receive revelation from the Lord of the worlds to figure out what's right and what's wrong. Right? So people then end up being cheated. That's just how it is in this world. Some people who don't deserve something get it, and the people who do deserve it don't get it. That's how it's an unfair world. And that's why Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, he mentioned in one hadith that uh, I make a decision, the gist of what he said is, I make a decision based on what is presented to me. Sometimes, it may be that I may be making a decision and giving you this plot of land or ownership of such and such thing, but in reality, I am giving you a portion of Jahannam. Even as the Nabi of Allah saying, this is yours, here, take it. Because why? This man, he came and he made a false presentation. And Nabi wasallam, if he's not receiving revelation on a specific issue, he's going to make a decision based on what? The facts are presented to him. So he's saying to us that if just... In, just because I have made a decision based on behalf of XYZ party, if they deep down inside their heart know that they are not on the haq and on the truth, then even if the Nabi of Allah is signing off on it, remember, that's gonna take you to hellfire. My beloved friends, imagine if you don't have a Nabi of Allah, you don't even have a Khalifatullah, you don't have the Khalifa of the Nabi, and you don't have a Khalifa of today. You don't have a rightly guided or rightly, uh, you know, a, a scholar who is who studied and who has become a qadi. Instead, you have a person who doesn't even believe in the existence of Allah, or he is a mushrik, or a disbeliever, and he is using man-made law to make a decision on your behalf. Can you seriously think that the court's decision means it's actually halal for you, if you don't have haq on your side? Can we actually think if the court made a decision on how much owner partnership we have? or how much money we are owed now, how much money we can cash out, or who's got the custody for the children, who's got uh, you know, decision-making process in the children's future, or where is the money after the marriage got dissolved going, who gets the house, all these issues. Today, our very own people every single day are fighting in court. Every single day, every single day. And they are so proud that they are able to hire the best, most expensive, highest charging, Jewish lawyer, right? 
being honest. That's what everyone says. Right? They're trying to compete in who, is, who can get a better, higher, who's got a charge as a higher retainer. And what's it all about? It's about trying to somehow prove to the judge and prove to the world that this is my, this is my right. And deep down the person knows from top to bottom, everything's a lie. Right? He's sitting there. That's why he's paying such a high retainer to come up with a concocted story that is sellable. Right? Every day this is happening in all of our homes, in all of our businesses, in our relatives' businesses, in their relatives' homes. You and I know every day, at least I can tell you as an imam, not a day goes by without us being invited to look into a case of this sort. Right? Whether it's a civil issue or some other issue, non-stop happening around us. Subhanallah. And you really wonder when you hear these cases, like, فَإِنَ Allah. Like seriously, where is Allah in your life? You pray Jum'ah, you pray fast, you apparently give sadaqah also, you have a Muslim name, your wife wears a scarf, right? you sometimes wear a topi too. And then, you have the guts to really go into court and lie through every cell of your body. Right? Where is Allah? Where is Allah in your life? May Allah Azza wa Jal protect you and I from falling to such lows, where for the sake of money, and the sake of power, and the sake of name, we will sell our faith. So this is the world where it's not a just place. You will have people who are able to put up the high, the high demanding cash of an of a, of a, of a, of a expensive retainer, and they'll borrow or they'll steal or whatever the case may be. And the one who's got the, 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 most, uh, the, the most talented lawyer will win. And Nabi said that. He said, Al-Hanu bihajjati, if I'm not mistaken, this was the words, that I'm going to make a decision based on who? Based on who's got the most convincing proof. If, if you are not on the truth, but if you presented it, you, you know how to speak, well, you will win the day in court. But remember, if the Nabi of Allah is saying, if He gives you the decision on your right, on, on your right for you, it still doesn't mean anything if deep down you know you're not on the haqq. So beloved community members, how important it is for us to understand that just because we are getting a judgment on our behalf from a court today, any court, it means nothing in the eyes of Allah Azza wa the real question we have to ask ourselves is in the court of Allah, how do I fare? You want the case over here? Good luck. Are you going to win it tomorrow over there? Because tomorrow, those, that judge is none other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the scales are absolutely just. They are not going to be in favor towards women or towards men or towards brown or black or white or towards someone who's got more money or someone who's got more clout. So we have to prepare for that. It's called Yawm Al-Ard Al-Akbar The day of the ultimate presentation The big presentation The big, scales, the big scales are yet to come فَلَا تُظْلَمُ نَفْسٌ شَيْئًا No soul shall be wronged شَيْئًا in the least In the least There's too much oppression in this world But this, these verses should give hope to the oppressed ones That a day will come When you will actually have your day in court All of this is, this is, all, this is all child's play It's fake stuff the real day in court you'll get tomorrow. And that is why the oppressor should realize that I might have been able to deceive the judge and the jury, but I'm definitely not going to be able to deceive Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So I might as well sort things out over here before I face Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the day of judgment. Allah says in the Quran, that the people will not be oppressed in the least. And then he gives example. Three words have been used. Uh, a person will not be will not be acute, will not be abused shay'an for even a, a smallest amount, and then one play in, in, in Surah Kahf it mentions naqir uh, that uh, that a person will not be oppressed in the least in the word since Arabs used to eat a lot of obviously dates, so. Um, when they used to eat a date, they would look at all the aspects, you know, the, the, the date pit and everything. And that was something they'd be interacting with every day. So Allah Azza wa uses two words. One is that the thin white line that's inside the date pit. How small, thin line that is. Barely, you can notice it. Even that amount, you won't get oppressed. And the other word is fatila and naqira. Is that the small white covering uh, that is around the date. So maybe if you're not even, if you haven't eaten a date recently, you probably forgot what I'm talking about, right? But notice there's a white thin covering around the pit, equivalent to that. Also, there will be no oppression on the day of judgment. 
Okay. Allah says, وَمَا رَبُّكَ بِظَلَّامِ لِلْعَبِيدِ Your Lord doesn't oppress the servants. Allah says, مَا يَفْعَلُ اللَّهُ بِعَذَابِكُمْ إِنْ شَكَرْتُمْ وَأَمَنْتُمْ What will Allah do by punishing you if you just believe in me and you are grateful to me? Right? So Allah is not interested in punishing unnecessarily. And whatever punishment will be done, it will be due to 100% being just. There is no sense of oppression. Allah is Al-Adl. Right? One of His names. Allah is, 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 is justice. وَإِنْ كَادَ مِثْقَالَ حَبَّةً and even if one's deed is the mere weight of a single mustard seed, single mustard seed, you have a hundred, two hundred of those on your uh, uh, burger bun, right? Sesame seeds, right? How many are they? How many can you get in your palm? You can get hundreds and hundreds in the palm. And if you get the whole entire palm, probably over a thousand. Atayna biha. If you want one small deed, good or bad, is equivalent to that. Atayna biha. Atayna biha, we will bring it forth on the day of judgment. Wakafa bina hasibin. It's not hard for us. Thus sufficient are we as the very best of reckoners. I don't need any help. Wakafa billahi hasiba. Allah is sufficient as a reckoner. This is a really yani, intimidating ayah as well. Allah Azza wa says, I don't need any help. I am here sufficient to take care of the task of reckoning. Right? Because Allah Azza wa Jal, in Allah is al hisab. Allah Azza is very quick at accounting. Allah is very quick at reckoning. That is His job, that is what He does. And so, for Allah Azza wa who knows the past and the present and the future all the same. He knows everything. All of this is what we call itmam al-hujjah. All of the day of judgment is simply, so no one can say, why am I in paradise or why am I in hell? Allah already knows what's happening. Allah is aware of how the outcome will be. Allah is not going to get surprised. Oh, I didn't understand. I, didn't, I never imagined you're going to go to hell. I never imagined you'd make it to paradise. No. Allah's ilm, past, future is as good as the past. But why is this long 50,000 year long day happening? To remind us that when we get to our destination, no one should be able to complain. That how come I'm here? Allah says, Kafabi. Uh, that you are a sufficient reckoner against yourself. I don't need to talk. You, you will speak against yourself. Your own actions are sufficient. Allah says, we'll put the book of deeds as a necklace around each person. For some it will be a necklace, for some it will be a chain. We'll put it around his neck. Like you have a bib, little kids when they go, little kids in preschool, huh, with the teacher's name written right there, what grade, and they go in preschool, or this, that, the teacher's name, walking around, little kids have no idea what's going on. But everyone, this is okay, you don't need to know what's happening. We know where you need to go. They grab them, take them, this is your class. Go sit here, khalas. Well, that's how it is on the Day of Judgment. Everyone's going to be wearing their book of deeds. Wearing their book of deeds. And Allah Azza wa mentions that, then we'll take it out on the day of judgment. Okay, now you know you have a different process, you have a different a, you have different checkpoints. The day of judgment is gonna be filled with checkpoints. You go through this one, that one, this one. Eventually you come to a checkpoint where Allah says, take it out, bring it out, take it off your neck, present it here. So what will happen? He'll find his book of deeds open in front of him. And then, yes, ya Allah, angels, what should I do? Read yourself. Read yourself. Why are you looking at me? Read yourself. Where am I headed? What's next? I'm not, I don't need to answer that. You look in the book of these, you decide where you're headed. Allahu Akbar. You decide where you're headed. Today your own book will be a sufficient judge and a reckoner against you. My beloved friends, there's no new book that's coming out. Allah is not going to do switch and bait. Right? Or bait and switch. Or, huh? He's not going to do that. He's not going to astaghfirullah, switch it. Oh, this book of deeds, I'll switch it from him to you. Okay? No, no, of course not. Allah is just, why would he do that? Whatever book of deeds I have tonight, is the same book of deeds going to be there tomorrow. So right now, why not just look at our book of deeds today? To say, if today I die, tonight, and I, my body is lowered into the grave, and uh, my day of judgment begins, because man mata faqat qamat qiyamatuhu, whoever dies, his day of judgment begins right then and there. Whoever dies, his day of judgment begins right there. So then, what, what is going to be in my book of deeds? Seriously, each man should ask himself, where do you think? 
You know, you can tell the world, I'm, I'm, I'm pious. You can tell the world, I go to the masjid. How many people lie and cheat when it comes to marriage? Well, I've seen crazy stuff. SubhanAllah. When it comes to marriage, I'm hafil. I'm hafila. I graduate from this place. I go to this masjid. Fake stuff. Fake resumes. All kinds of things. Unbelievable. So you can deceive and cheat people for the sake of business, for the sake of marriage, for all sorts of stuff. But each man knows, he can't, you can't cheat yourself. You know who you are. I know who I am. And this is why they say that, that prepare. Zinu qabla an tuzanu. Weigh your deeds before they're going to be weighed for you. Why not? You know your, your scale. What we do at the airport, you're next in line. We don't sit there and figure out a passport in, when we get up in front there. We do all this stuff beforehand. You have to weigh, you weigh it at home. Most smart people, who are smart travelers, obviously weigh multiple times at home, right? Before, or multiple, weigh it at the airport, whatever. They don't wait at the end when all their relatives are gone and they're sitting with 30 pounds extra. Now what? Right? Only, only people who are unseasoned travelers or who are in some weird situation would do something like that. So why we've been asked to weigh our deeds before they wait for us? Hasibu anfusakum qabla an tuhasabu. Take, take, reckon your own selves. Take reckoning of yourselves before Allah Azza wa Jal will will reckon yourself with your souls. So this ayah is a reminder that even the smallest of good deeds and the smallest of sins both will be asked. Some of the ulama have said some of the, one of the most powerful and uh, intimidating verses of the entire Quran is from Surah. Um, Zilzal, where Allah says, Whoever's done an iota, an atom, an atom worth of sin, will see its repercussion, will see the sin on the day of judgment. This is unbelievable because we think that big sins, you know, huge, I didn't commit a murder, I didn't commit zina, I didn't do this, so I'm okay. We don't know what small sin of ours may be the reason why we'll get caught. When, uh, when, a, when an officer wants to catch you, wants to pull you over, they can find a hundred excuses, isn't it? Right? Like this, your, your, your wipers were not on at this time. You, feet, a thousand feet ago when you turned, you didn't put your the signal, etc. They can find some excuse. So Allah Azza wa says, إِنَّ رَبَّكَ لَبِالْمِرْصَادِ Indeed, your Lord is waiting in ambush. You know the police that wait in ambush? Waiting to see this, this, uh, by a hill, the cars are speeding down, let's catch them over here. Allah says, Inna Rabbaka bin Mursad, Allah is waiting in ambush. Right? Don't trigger Allah. Don't do something to think that Allah is not watching. And that's exactly when you're going to get caught. When do we get caught speeding? When you never think about it. Right? You're like, you're just relaxing, cruising many times, just going home for no reason. You're just you're enjoying the evening. And then you get pulled over. Like, wow, what was that about? Yeah, because you're in ghafla, heedless. You weren't looking, you're just enjoying talking to your spouse or listening to a nasheed. You weren't focusing on the speed limit and you ended up just going 12 over and he pulls over. So when a person is in ghafla, doesn't realize what I have said or done is actually upsetting to Allah. Allah's angry at me. Look at this, uh, this spousal relationships, right? So many times you say something you don't realize you've upset your, your better half, huh? as they, they like to say. You're like, wow, what's wrong? Or your own children or parents. They're angry, they're, they're upset, they're, they're moody. But what happened? Oh, yesterday someone said something. You said something over there and that's what made me upset. SubhanAllah, one person gave me advice before I got married. He said, you know, you're, gonna get, you're not married yet, you gotta get ready for this stuff. I said, yeah, okay, what's, what's there to get ready? He said, oh, no, no, this is, you don't know what you're dealing, what you're gonna get into. I said, for what? He said, well, he told me his own story. He, <laughs> he said that one day, um, SubhanAllah, uh, you know, um, <laughs> The smallest of things, you don't realize it. He said, one day, I, w I went, out, went out with my wife to, to the park, and then after that, we went out to eat, uh, or we were going out to eat, and, and, and then she got upset, and she says, no, I don't want to go out to eat anymore. I'll go home. So I said, like, okay, we were planning to enjoy the time. Came back home, and then started crying, and uh, being upset. It was one hour, two hours, went by, and still haven't figured out why she's crying. She's so upset. He says, tomorrow I gotta go to work, man. You know, like, I, I can't, like, six o'clock, you might, you can sleep in, but I have to go to work tomorrow. Like, when's it gonna, how is it gonna finish? <laughs> I don't wanna leave you crying like this, but what's the issue? So I don't know if it was that same night the Wahi came or the next, but eventually found out that when he was leaving the park, uh, he didn't open the door for her. <laughs> so someone, the princess, mashallah, took it, a little, you know, took, took it a little too hard, too, too hard to the heart and was upset. How, you know, so the idea was that you would never expect that. 
as a guy, like you never expect that. Like you seriously, like you can have an amazing conversation with your best friend for one hour while you're working on, on, on one project and he's working on another project in a room and you, all, you, you won't even look at each other and you're just going, you'll be carrying on from where you left off last Saturday when you're working on a you know, project. No problem, because guys have a different way of communication. But women have an absolutely different way of communication. And if you don't understand that, you're going to be in major issues, right? Because what you thought was absolutely um, kind and nice is going to be taken in a very wrong manner. MashaAllah, that's the beauty of, of, of actually... I mean, this is not a weak point, this is a strong point, right? That's the, that is the whole beauty of women for a man, that, that he's, she's different than a man, right? That this is that whole aspect of... Of, of gentleness and, and, and things. That's why, you know, uh, femini femininity is something that's attractive. And manliness of a woman is not something that is attractive to a man. He says, I'm man enough. I'm, you know, I don't need that. I want a feminine. I want to see feminine, femininity in a, in a lady, not manliness in a lady. At least that's how it used to be before. So, uh, you know, th the idea here is we're speaking about any small mistakes right you never know what can be triggered so now this, that was an interesting learning lesson coming back to our relationship with allah we don't know what aspect might be just taken out of what, what might what anger allah for example for example a a, a, a chuckle a chuckle you you laughed but you are chuckling at someone who tripped you're chuckling at someone who reversed into another car. You're chuckling into uh, a, a, an uncle who has a hard time reading Qur'an and he's making mistakes. There you go. Uh, that could be sufficient to send a person to Jahannam. Allah says every single action, even if it's a mustard seed worth, I'm going to bring it out. Or a wink. Who are you winking at? Why are you winking? Smallest of things. We don't know where it can lead us. So this ayah should remind us that we are walking on something even beyond eggshells. Every single moment, even our silence, we have to weigh our silence. Allahu Akbar. That is this the right time for me to be silent? What if I get in trouble for being silent? My brother's honor is being attacked in front of me. Someone is backbiting. Someone is attacking a brother's, my sister's honor. And if I'm remaining silent, acting like I don't hear anything, this itself might be the reason I'll get punished. So it's not only talking, it's, it's even gestures. It's even movement of your eye. It's even movement of your hand. <coughs> like one of the wives of the Prophet ﷺ, when she made ishara towards another wife, and she, did, she, she made a gesture with her hand to show, you're talking about the midget, the short one. She made a gesture with her hand like this, meaning the short one. And the Prophet ﷺ response to her was, You've just said something. She didn't say anything, right? She barely said anything. She just made ishara. She made a symbol with her hand, a gesture with her hand. Said, you, made, you said something. You, 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 uttered, you, 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 you shared something with your hand, conveyed something, the bitterness of which, that if it were to be placed in the oceans, all the seven oceans would turn bitter. You don't realize that. You just move on. But in the eyes of Allah, that's super bitter. Allahu Akbar, how many times that I have just today, from Fajr till now, think how many things we may have said today that could, that could be seal the deal for us. So, let us you, you think of this ayah and realize that, what was the main thing first thing I started off by saying just because the court of law of this of the supreme court or appellate court or, or whatever other court decides in your favor, it means nothing. You have to ask yourself, are you on haqq? Are you on the truth? And especially when it comes to marriage disillusion, when it comes to partnerships, all this, look back to the Sharia. What does the Sharia say in this regard? And this is where you need to reach out to the ulama and get their opinions on that. May Allah give us tawfiq to do what's right, even if it seems to be contrary to what people guide us to. وَلَقَدْ أَثِينَ مُوسَى Indeed, we gave Musa and Harun والسلام, furqan. Furqan is Fariq bayn al-Haqq wal the the distinguisher between truth and falsehood criterion of truth so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses three words to describe the heavenly books for Torah for Zabur for Injil and the Quran number 1 Furqan that all of these they uh, distribute they separate right from wrong number 2 Dhiya'an they are radiant light so these, this is a light in your heart that guides you to do, take, take the right decisions. When a person follows the Qur'an, 
then he will be and she will be inspired to make the right decision. وَذِكْرًا And a revealed reminder. Right? ذِكْرًا And a revealed reminder. لِلْمُتَّقِينَ For those who have taqwa. So three points are there. Uh, I wanted to just mention one thing. When it comes to being careful about our actions, the smallest ones, one, is, one thing I want to add to that for the previous ayah is the actions of the heart. Including love. Include, right? And that a person needs to be careful. Let me put it like this. The, a person has uh, multiple children. Or a person has multiple spouses. In how we treat them. For example, a person uh, you know, uh, shows love to one child and not to the other. Right? Sh- gives gifts to one. That's what happened. A man came and said, Ya Rasulullah, I'm giving, I'm giving my child this huge gift. Can you believe, be a witness of this? And Rasulullah asked, did you give this type of gift to all your children? So it's not about distribution of assets properly after we die. It's even while we're alive, a person has to make sure we're just with dealing with your children. Now you say, but you know what? One person is obedient, one person is One person naturally is so nice, he does so much khidmah, and the other one is horrible. Well, how do you deal with that? So look, let's talk about what Rasulullah said regarding his, 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 his time he spent with his wives. He said, he, he said in his dua, he said, Allah qismi fi amlik. Oh Allah, I've distributed what I can based on what I'm capable of doing. How many days I spend here, how many nights I spend here, I've distributed that according to what I am capable of doing. So do not hold me accountable and do not reproach me in that which you have control over of and I don't have control over. What is that? What is that? That is the heart. The inclination of the heart. Meaning if naturally a person is inclined towards one spouse or the other, or naturally a person's heart is inclined towards one child or the other, that is not in your control. But external things, when it comes to distribution of things, giving of gifts, showing of love, a person needs to be careful of that. just wanted to mention that for the previous ayah. So three attributes of of the heavenly books we did here, Furqan, Diya, and Dhikr. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Dhikran lil muttaqeen. It's gonna be a reminder for those who have taqwa. So now a person who doesn't have taqwa and he's in court, and now you're quoting a verse of the Quran to him. If he's got no taqwa, then the verse of the Quran and hadith of the Prophet, unfortunately, unfortunately, he take and throw it against the wall. He won't care about it. Because you say, But I'm telling you a verse of the Quran. Yeah, but it doesn't mean anything to him because he doesn't have taqwa. Only the people of taqwa will be able to benefit from this. Who are the people of taqwa? Those who fear their Lord while He is in the domain of the unseen. Very important. To fear Allah once you see Him in front of you, there, there's nothing great about that. Even Fir'aun, forget about Akhirah. He accepted Islam when? At the time of his death. He didn't see Allah. He just saw some aspects of the domain of the unseen. He started seeing the angels of death. And he said, he said that, that I am going to believe in the God of the uh, of the Bani Israel, and I am from the believers, right? So he was not accepted because why? He had now put his foot into the domain of the unseen. So taqwa is when you fear Allah without seeing Him. You believe in angels without seeing Him. You believe in the promises of the prophets without seeing them. You believe in the Quran without seeing it being revealed. That's what taqwa is. Alladina yu'minuna bil ghayb. Those who believe in the unseen. Those who fear Allah in the unseen. That's one meaning. Another explanation of uh, can also mean is that a person fears Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his own private life. He fears Allah in his private life. To fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in public when you are amongst people is easy. But to fear Allah at home when no one is watching is where the challenge comes. The sign of taqwa is that we fear Allah in private maybe even more than we do in public. Because we are so focused that Allah is with me and no one else is with me watching. Number two, what is a sign of taqwa who will benefit from the previous scriptures and the Quran? Who are ever cautious of the hour of doom. They're always, ishfaq is to be scared. Mushfiq, someone is afraid. He is afraid of the coming of the hour. And similarly, this Quran also, هذا is Quran. Dhikr is a blessed reminder. That we have sent down from high. Do you then disown it? Are you then going to uh, uh, re, uh, say that this Qur'an doesn't have any reality to it? Are you going to deny that the Qur'an is filled with own benefit for the world? Are you going to deny that the Qur'an guides those who are looking for guidance? And that the Qur'an cannot be, uh, 
uh, affected by any pl- evil plots of the evil doers. Uh, shaitan cannot play around with it. The shayateen from the humans cannot p- p- play around with it. Are you going to deny all that? This is where this section, 50 verses, end. And now the section of the prophets began. Ibrahim. Indeed, truly, we have given. We alone are the ones who gave Ibrahim rushd. Right? Gave him his rushd. What is rushd? His distinctive right guidance before this. Right? Rushd means the ability to be guided towards Tawheed, the oneness of Allah. That's called rushd. Or to know La ilaha illallah. That's rushd. Okay? Why is that? Rashid means someone is intelligent. And if you don't understand Tawheed, I'm sorry, you cannot be intelligent. No matter how intelligent the world may seem, uh, say you are, and I, I may be. But if a person doesn't understand Tawheed, in the eyes of Allah, he has no aql. Right? He, has no, he has no mentality. He's using his aql to use everything. He's, he's using his aql for everything besides what it's meant for. A person who is mm, given uh, uh, you know, a glass of water. I'm sorry, he's given a glass or a cup. And he uses it for everything. To put his pencils in it, to, to put his uh, to put it, it, thing, his storage for all sorts of stuff. But then he's dying thirsty. Why? He says, there's a well. And I don't know how to, how to take, get the water from it. I don't know where to pour the water. So he's using a cup. He's using a bucket. For everything that's there, except for the most important thing right now, which is to get water for himself to drink. So a person who uses his aql, intelligence, to get to Mars or to get to the bottom of the ocean but he doesn't use his aql to understand who Allah is unfortunately he is a bigger loser than the one who is dying thirsty uh, because he simply doesn't understand that you need to take a cup and put it in front of and this, this moving river or this bucket I'm sorry, this, uh, this well so Allah Azza wa Jal says we gave Ibrahim salam this right guidance from the very get-go وَكُنَّ alimin. And we, 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 we were well aware of his worthiness. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knew that this individual, Ibrahim Khalilullah, has the ability to become an ummah, to himself lead an ummah and be like an ummah. Let's fast forward. Behold, when he said to his own father and to his people, what are these statues to which you are devoted? It's not easy to do that. Most people can't do this. Most people cannot do this. What is that? Most people cannot speak to their relatives. Most people cannot speak to their own community. Uh, they have a hard time. Because they know that they're going to get taunted. They're going to say, Bhai, yes, yesterday you were joining us with all this, now you came to teach us, what's wrong with you? Yeah? So most people say, please, I'll, go, I'll, I'll do the work of deen outside of my community. I will go, that's why, you know, ulama who go out to study, they have a very hard time going back to the same masjid that they're from. Because everyone says, hey, Bhai, you're Kalkata Bachata, right? You're a kid from yesterday. But they don't say that to the dentist. That, oh, subhanAllah, I'm not going to get my teeth you know, cleaned or my dentures fixed because, you know what, I saw you in diapers. They say, no, Dr. Saab, please, please take care of my teeth. Here, you know, mashallah, you're such an amazing young man. Well, look at that. So they, they take anyone who was, they don't talk about diapers yesterday. They go to the lineup, they, they wait in line, they pay the copay, everything. Uh, and they won't say he's a child. But when it comes to someone of knowledge, all of a sudden they say, oh, you're correcting our, our financial transactions you're telling me this is what I did wrong in my marriage and you were just yesterday in diapers you see how selective we are our memory is very selective when it comes to the matters of deen all of a sudden we remember those sights so Ibrahim took a stand he did it he spoke to his own father and he spoke to his own people and he said you know what why are you dedicating time to these statues it makes no sense well, what's their simple answer that they gave? This is, there's a reason why we're studying these. There's a reason why Allah mentions these stories. He said, these are, these are old stories. Asatirul awwaleen. Come on, man. Why are we studying fairy tales? Guess what? Who said that? People today say that, and the disbelievers said that as well, of, of Makkah. And the previous ones too. That we, these are all story tales. These are all fairy tales. We don't need to talk about them. No. Each of these tales, there's a reason why they're mentioned in the Quran. Because they're filled with lessons. And guess what? History repeats itself. We're not a new species. Although it seems like it. But we're not. We have, we're the same old people. We're the same old people. Time, you know, just, uh, time has moved forward. But we're the same people. We make the same, uh, logic, uh, we make the same logical fallacies. And we make the same mistakes, subhanAllah, that others did in the past. So when you make a mistake and you're caught for it, what do people say? They say, well, I found people are doing it. People are doing it. Why did you do this? Because people (coughs) are doing that. 
this is the most common issue today. By why is why are we you know doing X Y Z? By sabi karte, everyone does it. Let's uh, uh, a, a, a marriage that is uh, that has un-Islamic, uh, anti-Islamic elements within it. A person is asked, brother, why are you doing this? By sabi karte, everyone does it. A person has business transactions which are not halal, investments that are not halal. You ask him why are you doing it. Person is investing in haram, putting bank in, putting account his his money into a, a savings account, collecting interest. He'll say sabi karte, everyone does it. So this has become the latest new dalil for everything. It is not new. This is what humans have been doing for thousands of years. That when they are asked, why do you do something which is completely wrong? Instead of giving some actual explanation, the easiest knee-jerk reaction is, because everyone else is doing it. Because everyone else is doing it. Isn't that the case? So this is what Nabi ﷺ said in another hadith. He said, لا تكونوا لا تكونوا that do not be wishy-washy, do not be a follower, do not be uh, a yes-man. If you say, if people do good, we'll do good. And if people do bad, we'll do bad. Don't do like that. Rasulullah said that. He's saying, don't be a follower, be a leader. Don't follow trends. Instead, make the trends. Right? Don't follow your community let the community follow the truth and you be the leader in that. You cannot say this is what everyone is doing. A person's invited a person's invited to a uh, wedding whereas uh, again uh, uh, maybe the groom or someone else is the groom's family says say, the groom's friends are like oh we're invited to the girl's side because of whatever's that you know they're this xyz they're cutting the cake stuff like that. So subhanallah you see sometimes very religious practicing guys men will just go in. Later on he says brother what were you doing? What were you doing the women's side? Are you crazy? Like what is a man of you, you, you are, you are what it mean? You are supposed to be a man of some basic level of haya, basic level of taqwa. Why would you go under the women's section, not in a, you would go in a women's side right now? You're, gonna, you're going on a wedding day where all the women are dressed to their best. Right? Their husbands also don't get a chance to see them like that. <laughs> right? That's how they're dressed. So they're dressed amongst themselves. And you're going there. Why are you going there? Because your cousin is getting married? So you want to take a family picture over there? You want to go cut the cake? And you want to see the bride is, you know, serving the cake to the groom? And all this type of stuff? What's the proof for this? Well, everyone else, we were all going. They were all going. We are all wearing black suits. All, all the guys were wearing black suits, purple suits, whatever. They all went together. So all we just followed. But you have brains. You have aql. Why do you just follow the rest? If everyone jumps, all the pink suit wearing with the, with the gulab, the rose right there, all jump off a cliff, is that what you're going to do? Well, that's what it is. That's what we're doing right now. We become a society that just follows the rest. Okay? And that's exactly what the society of Ibrahim was doing. And the society of Nuwar was doing. And the society of Thamud. And the society of, of, of Lut. And all of them did the same thing. But why are you doing this? It doesn't make sense. We're doing it because the rest of them are doing it. Okay? So Alhamdulillah, Allah gave you and I aql, gave us intelligence, gave us iman, gave us nur of iman. We have to ask ourselves who cares if the world is doing it? Right? Is this right? Is this correct? I have to stop, stop looking at the people on the right and the left. And just say, if everyone else is doing that, it must be right. No, it's not. If everyone is doing that. Just, I want to say, just when, you, oh, not you, when I was going to school, and when you're in, most of you are all going to school and grade school or whatnot, let's say in the 80s and 90s, you, a person would definitely be arrested and would be thrown into jail for, I don't know how many years, for carrying marijuana. Now, even if he was just planning to sell it, or he just had his for personal recreation, whatever that is supposed to mean, Right? SubhanAllah, you'd go in jail. So I don't know how many millions of people you all know are behind bars suffering for the past three, four decades because of this. And now every single you know, gas station is selling what? Marijuana-laced brownies and marijuana-laced uh, skittles and marijuana-laced this, that. Everything has become so common. We have a big issue in our community here. I'm sure many of you have heard they're trying to open three cannabis stores right next to the masjid between our masjid, MSI, ICW here. Just maybe a thousand feet from here. So there's a, a petition you know, going on for that. I think Thursday. This Thursday there's going to be a town hall meeting in Glen Lights. So it's 7 p.m. If you, it's, it's a Glen, Glen Heights Town Hall, right? That's where it is. So those of you who are available can please, you know, show up. Show your support uh, for the Muslim community here to say this is something. We can't control what happens across the globe. We cannot control what happens in, in, uh, in, in, in other places. But if, if we have the ability <coughs> to at least stop something coming a thousand feet away from our masjid, we should. Right? At least you have an excuse to show Allah Azza wa Jal that you tried something. You can't close down the entire cannabis and marijuana business of the world. 
but you can at least try your best to voice your opinion uh, regarding something that's coming just a thousand feet away from here, or more or less. So that's this Thursday. And those of you who are not in the area or, or you're not able to come, make sure we do dua. And that's why one of the goals, we have our 25 million salawat goal. And I said, we, the brothers made much, said, Let's, how about we dedicate 2 million salawat for this project? 2 million salawat between now and Thursday night. That Ya Allah, through the barakah of our salawat, if all of you listening to me, hundreds online and hundreds over here, if you all put together and say, let's all of us do inshallah, you know, 10, 15,000 salawat between now and Thursday night with, the, with this, Ya Allah, through the barakah of this, allow us, allow this store not to come here. Alhamdulillah, whatever decision made, Allah, Allah knows what decision will be made. But at least you have something to present to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So look at how the trend have changed now, this is what I'm saying that it, you know, before a person would go serve 5-10 year jail sentence for this and now, the girls are, and boys are saying, high school college students tell me, that this is like water bottles, I hand out water bottles hand out vapes and hand out you know, uh, marijuana, this is it this is it that people, initially I knew people used to say that okay in Ramadan we need to stop right, or at least stop while fasting <laughs> But now that's gone. Everything is gone. Because why? The society has become more accepting of it. And the same thing about the LGBTQ thing and all the other things. So if, you're, if you and I are going to live our life based on what society says, we're in big trouble. Because society most definitely is becoming more satanic and anti-religious, uh, anti-God. And so where do we stand? So this answer, let's never say, why am I doing something? Because everyone else is doing it. Sabi This is not the answer that we should say. Instead, say, I have to do that which is right. Uh, then Ibrahim tells them, indeed, all of you and your forefathers have been utterly lost in clear misguidance. Again, many things we do in our homes, cultural things. This is wrong. This is dehumanizing your wife, dehumanizing your husband, dehumanizing your kids, your parents. Where did you get this from? This is culture. But we don't follow culture. We follow an Islamic culture. If anything, part of any culture that is against the teachings of the deen, we have to leave it. But this is happening for generations. It doesn't make a difference. Same thing. Even if all the generations were doing that, as soon as the light of iman has come to you, you have to turn away from that. It's tough, I know. How do we tell converts, MashaAllah brother, may Allah reward you, you're standing up to what's right. And even may Allah give hidayah to your parents. Do we not tell the converts? Do we tell the converts, do whatever your parents are doing? No. So similarly, we as who are born Muslims, we have to also sometimes realize that some of the practices that are being passed down in our family are absolutely shirki. They're absolutely kufri type of things. Or absolutely against the sunnah. And we must stay away from that. قَالُوا أَجِئْتَنَا بِالْحَقِّ so the, the Ibrahim Islam's nation, they started making a mockery of Ibrahim Islam. Have you come to us with a word of truth? Or are you just merely jesting and playing? You're telling we are wrong? Look, you're a kid. We're the leaders. And you're one versus thousands. And you're telling me we and all our forefathers are wrong. You must be joking. Are you like making a mockery, a joke out of this? What is this? He says, no, I'm not. No, why would a prophet be joking on these matters? I'm not joking. No, indeed. Rabbukum, indeed your Lord is the Lord of the heavens and the earth. So today, if you, if you go say that, that, must, you know, that I made a decision based on all that I have studied, I've shared with some of the groups this, voice, this, this statement from some ulama in England and some other ulama elsewhere too, who've said that they made mashura, the muftis discussed and they said, you know what, we cannot see how it is permissible to give a unlocked normal smartphone to a child. We can't even understand how this could be halal. That this is actually haram. Haram. To give a normal smartphone to a child without teaching him or her all the means to protect themselves and then without putting in on that phone all the locks that are needed. Just like no one would allow a fully loaded AK-47 or Uzi or any other type of gun, revolver to a kid, you would say this is by tumni mara. If he killed himself, what happened? You know that. The father is going to be in jail. Mother is going to be in jail. How dare did you allow this child to have access to a gun? Because you know the child is, he doesn't have the mentality, the ability to make a right decision. He was, uh, he, you know, he was just playing around with it and he killed himself. You're at fault for that. So what about the phone? What about the phone? What about all that? So now if you go say, that, okay, you know what, I, I, I'm, I might tell my 13-year-old and 12-year-old and 14-year-old, whatever the case may be, that you know what, you don't need a smartphone. You're not going to have it until you're 18, 19, or until you get married, or until you really need it. We, we'll just use a basic phone. What's going to happen? People, people are going to think you've lost it. Who's going to say it? Your own parents. If you got, the grandparents will say you've lost it. 
But then I wish I'd seen you attend that. You lost your mind. That's what they'll say. Your own immediate, your spouse will tell you you're crazy. If you if you said you started thinking, man, this is right. This cell phone is the biggest fitna, and the ulama are right that this is haram. Actually, if you think about it, of how many doors it opens up, how could it be sadda lil bab? You have to say it's haram. That to close the doors from other haram, we have to say that this is necessary. Uh, I'm not passing a fatwa here. I'm just sharing with you what some of the ulama have spoken about this. And this is something that maybe if you are interested in getting actual fatwa, you can request a darul ifta here of darul salam to write a fatwa on this topic. But the idea it's 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 you don't need a mufti for this. You, Allah gave you brains. That's what Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said. Istafti qalbak. Ask the fatwa from your heart. And then he said, Even if they give you, even if they give you a fatwa, even if they give you a fatwa, even if they give you a fatwa, make sure you ask your heart. Because there will be issues where the fatwa, the mufti will say, Okay, you know what? I can't really make that, I can't make that move by writing haram on this. So I'll just leave it you know, open-ended. But by Allah gave you a, a fitra. Allah gave you a heart and a mind. You ask yourself, forget the mufti. I have some, my own mind, intellect. Is this something that I should be putting my children through? But now this is an issue where society will stand up against you. Your relatives will stand up against you. And your own uh, you know, uh, spouse will stand up against you and say, no, it doesn't make any sense. And they'll think, are you joking? Are you crazy? That's what I'm sure. I gave this example for you to understand this ayah, how it applies today. Everything you're studying here, you're reading, is applied. You just gotta read. You have to understand the Quran in your modern text, modern context. That's what you have to do. The Quran is, is, is for, when you read, if you, look at, if you look at it this perspective, you'll see as though the Quran was revealed for right now. It was revealed for me in this day and age. But unfortunately, we don't read the Quran like that. We think it's a historical narrative of Ibrahim alayhi Very nice. Let's talk about an Eid al-Adha and move on. That's not how it is. Every aspect of every surah is actually for you and I, right? Apply it in our daily life. So he says, no indeed, this, I'm not making a joke out of this. Your Lord is the Lord of the heavens and the earth. The one who alone originated all of this. And to this I am one of those who bear witness. Who, who bears witness that I am a witness that Allah is your Lord and my Lord. And Allah is the creator of all of this. And you cannot be, you cannot be serious in trying to invite me to worship these idols. Then he said to himself, He said to himself, By Allah, لَأَكِيدَنَّ أَسْلَامَكُمْ I, must sure, I shall most surely plot against your idols. It is like quiet planning. Planning that's done quietly, plotted. He says, I'm going to surely plot up something against these idols. After you go away, when you have turned your backs to them. To turn away. Mudbir is to have your back towards something. So once you turn away, I'm going to, I'm going to finish this. What did he do? He rendered all of them into pieces. He, he, he took an axe of as you are all well aware and he broke them all into pieces. Illa kabiran, except the biggest of them. So that they may return it and make inquiry. Right? They, the, so that when they come back, as, as I mentioned, that they went for the Eid celebration. And he asked them, come along. And he said, no, I'm not feeling too well. Why am I not feeling well? I'm getting nauseous. I'm looking at the fact that you are my people and you're worshiping an idol. How can I not be sick? He was sick at his stomach. He was sick in his heart. He was, feeling, he was so upset of the fact that they're doing kuf, shirk here. So then they came back and they said, Man They said to one another in rage, Who has done this to our gods? They're seeing all the gods knocked out on the floor, dead. Right? They were, they were already dead in the first place, but now they're in pieces. And uh, they said, Whoever did this, Indeed, he is of the wrongdoers. Only, yani it's ajib, right? They don't understand that the biggest zulm, they're saying, oh, you, you did zulm on our idols. Who told, you, who told you that you could touch our idols? But they don't realize that they've done the biggest zulm on who? On themselves, by making zulm on Allah, by committing shirk. So this is how the world works. But people who do zulm themselves, they call everyone a zalim except for themselves. Allah says this in Surah Al-Baqarah. Allah says, that they, when they are told not to cause chaos on earth, when they are told not to cause chaos on earth, they said, we're not causing chaos. We are the deal makers. 
Muslihun. We're the ones who make things get, get people get along. It's so ajeeb. This is exactly what hap- has happened for the past thousands of years, and what's exactly what's happening right now. The people who act, who wear the best suits, who've got the cleanest smile, right, who've got the most uh, charismatic appearance, and mashallah, they seem to be, you know, just full of joy and, 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 and uh, uh, energy. Behind all of that facade, they're the most evil of people. They're the ones who are, who are calling the shots of destruction, civil war, uh, you know, sabotage, all of that. And they're so experts of dajjal, that they can hide it all behind a nice suit and a smile. It's crazy. And when you tell them anything, they blame everyone else except for themselves. And the Quran says that. When you tell them, don't stop chaos and chaos, stop this killing, stop this indiscriminate killing, stop these civil wars, stop all of these wars, they'll say, we are the ones actually who are deal, deal makers. We are the ones who are trying to get, get people to work together and create treaties uh, and create uh, 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 pacts. Allah says, Allah, listen, innahum humul mufsidun. They're liars. They're the ones who cause the most chaos. They're liars. They're the ones who cause the most chaos. They just don't realize it that their time is coming up. That Allah is watching. They try to deceive Allah. In reality, Allah is the one who's deceiving them. They're trying to deceive Allah. How does Allah deceive them? Meaning, Allah is saying, I, I'm going to have the last laugh, basically. You're thinking you're deceiving Allah. The fact that you seriously think you can deceive Allah means you're the most deceived person. Right. So, they said, whoever did this, he's zalim. How dare he broke our idols? That's what's happening today. If you see something wrong and you want to speak up, everyone jumps on you. Brother, but why did the man speak up? He was doing his own thing. Why did he speak up? Because of what's happening wrong. You, no one is talking about what's happening wrong. Everyone's attacking the person who spoke against what's happening wrong. Everyone is speaking against the one who did Nahyan al-Munkar. Who said, this has got to stop. You, go, you see something wrong happening in your masjid. You see something happening wrong in your gathering or in your family. You speak up. What's going to happen? All the people who are quiet on the WhatsApp group, all of a sudden they come back to life. Ihya al-Mawtah. It's like Halloween or something. They'll be coming out of the graves, zombies. They all come up and then they'll start attacking. How, why did you speak up? Why, did you, why, are, you, why are you being a what, haram police? Why are you doing all this stuff? Ajeeb. But the reason this man did it, he's at least, if you can't do anything, if you can, support him quietly. And if you can't support him, then keep your mouth shut. Zip it up. Because he's doing something which he's supposed to, which you and I are supposed to be doing. Which is, he's speaking the truth, he's inviting towards good, forbidding from evil. We're supposed to all do that. But unfortunately we don't. So now, someone's had to stop. Someone had to stop this type of haram happening. Beloved students, and family members, and community members, there's so many wrong things happening within our families. And reality is, no one is ready to speak up. You know, just watching, quietly. Like, okay, I'll look down that way. We have enabled, you know, I was just thinking about bihayai, right? I was just thinking about like loss of haya within, within our community, within our generation. We've enabled our kids to act the way they have. We've enabled this generation to be disrespectful. We've enabled our women and men, boys and girls, to act the way they are. And no one says anything. You see a person absolutely inappropriately dressed attending a gathering. Okay? Inappropriately dressed walking out of the house at 9 p.m., 10 p.m. But no one's there to say anything. So everyone is looking now. Everyone's like, okay, it is what it is. I guess I can't. I'm too shy to speak up. I'm too shy. It's none of my business. So what has happened? But everyone is saying it's none of my business. We are enabling Frankensteins of today and tomorrow. Because we are not willing to do nahi anil munkar. And that's why the hadith and nahi anil munkar are so many and so strong and so, so yani, harsh, severe. That if we don't do nahi anil munkar, if we don't stop evils being committed in society and in, in amongst your community, then X, Y, so many punishments of Allah will come. There's so many things. One punishment, for example, is uh, Allah Azza wa Jalla will put an oppressive ruler upon you. Another, another punishment is uh, uh, you, uh, such people will take over your affairs who will not have mercy on your elders and elderly people, who will not have mercy on the younger people, who will not respect the elder, will not have mercy on the youngsters. And you will be praying and making dua against them that, Ya Allah, please remove this tyrant from me, but your dua will never be accepted. Allah will not accept the dua. Of who? Of Muslims who will curse and who will pray against oppressive tyrants because they stop doing Nahyan al-Munkar. Stop for inviting towards good, forbidding from evil. 
right? There was one uh, warning of, of, of how faces will be t- maybe even turn into that of, 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 of uh, monkeys and swine, pigs. Either it means actually, or it means that the hearts will become uh, disfigured. When the heart becomes disfigured, you can't understand any truth. Can't understand the truth. So the, uh, the, the hadith on Amr al-Ma'ruf and Nihal al-Munkar are many. We should read that. Hopefully that will encourage us. My point here is that we need to encourage one another to speak up nicely with wisdom and hikmah in our homes when things are going wrong. Uh, a stitch in time says nine, as my dad used to say. You have one small thing you can fix right now, but if you don't say anything and you let it go, it will morph into a big problem and you won't be able to fix later on. And so most of what we're seeing today in, uh, in, uh, in adults, young adults, these issues didn't happen overnight. These issues happened long, long ago. When the child was three years old, when the child was four years old, we're supposed to have taken notice and we're supposed to have, have stopped that child from doing certain things. But because we didn't say anything, and we are so focused most of the time on their grades and their career, unfortunately they have solidified in their evil habits. Now we're trying to change them at the age of 18, 19, it doesn't happen. You have a small plant that's growing crooked, immediately you can just take a small stick, put next to it, and it'll come right. But after 20 years, when it's become a full-grown tree, there is no way to fix that besides cutting it. That's it, it's done. You cut it. So when children go off track, it's usually most of the time from a young age that the tarbiyah is not being done. Okay, we have a false sense of tarbiyah. We think we're having tarbiyah. What is tarbiyah? Tarbiyah is sending them to a hif school. Tarbiyah is sending them to Islamic school. Is that tarbiyah? No, that's a portion, maybe one-tenth of it. One-tenth of it. But the main tarbiyah has to happen at home. Continuous monitoring all the time. That is what tarbiyah means. Tarbiyah means you give something what it needs, bit by bit, every minute or every hour or every day. As it grows, you are giving it what it requires. A baby requires small uh, zero to two month infant shoes. Then two to four, then six to eight, then eight to twelve, then one year, two year, size three, size four, size five, then adult size six, adult size seven, like that. That's called tarbiyah. That you are giving what someone needs, uh, you know, uh, step by step. You, it doesn't mean you throw them into one school and everything will magically come right. May Allah give us the understanding of all these things that are being shared here in light of, of uh, the story of Ibrahim salam. And may Allah allow us to speak the truth and invite towards right and forbid from evil. It, it's, it's not easy, but we have to do that. Um, so then they said, who did this? They said, we heard a young man mentioning them profanely. He's, he's called Ibrahim So they had an idea that Ibrahim salam, he was different. He didn't just one night became pious. Right? They knew he was uncomfortable. So if we cannot actively get involved in correcting something, prohibiting evil, then at least people should know we are not okay with certain things. Okay? Cousins, they love, they all forget the deen when there is marriage. Right? So now you start, the movie's playing, someone made a movie of something. And then you see something un-Islamic in it. You, you have to have the guts to walk out. How many of you cousins, how many of you friends can actually do that? To say, khalas, we're with friends, but you know what? This is, this is crossing the line. Done. My friendship was in loyalties with Allah Azza wa Jal. Yeah, we're friends. But when you cross the line like that, I'm not going to sit there and laugh at, this, at this, this nonsense. There you go. That's where you will be recognized. You didn't have the ability to go shatta, uh, go in a, in a banquet hall and go pull the plug. You can't do that. So you say, at least I'm going to walk out. What happens in UN? What happens in all these other places where politicians walk out? You know what I'm talking about. Right? In protest, they walk out. They can't do anything, they walk out. Or at least they want to send a signal, right? The walking out is a big signal. In university, everywhere, walking out. So where is the people going to walk out of, out of a marriage when, it's, when it goes off, off the rails? Or any other gathering? At home. Here we're, we're having a get-together. Now someone is bringing, oh, let's vape together. So together. No, what is that? What is, we, we're invited for iftar. We're invited for a barbecue, right? We have grilled chicken, you know, whatever the case. Where did this come from? That's the point. That's where you all have to act. They say, you know what? I'm out. It's khalas, I'm going home. That's too much. 
Because what you do inside your bathroom, what you do inside your room, I have no need to go find out that. But how dare you make this part of our collective gathering? This is a collective friends time, cousin time. You're bringing haram and bring it into this gathering, and you expect us all to just kind of either accept it, get forced into it, or simply turn the blind eye and say, a smile, you know, a, a nervous chuckle. No. If someone brings, what's going to happen? Next step is going to be a drug, another drug, and a bigger drug. And then obviously very soon it's going to be alcohol. And that's exactly what's happening in our community. Why alcohol has become such a common issue. Big problem. Big, massive, massive problem. No one wants to speak about it. Huge problem. Intoxicants of all sorts, including alcohol, has become a very big problem in the Muslim community. Where did it start from? It's because people are not stopping anyone. People are like, yeah, we hear we, they drink. But what are you doing about it? I got invited. People talk about Bari Zabarda Shaditi. $150, per person in some top notch place. Oh, mashallah, what else? Yeah, wine was served. Well, why are you even telling? That's the fact that you're already a sellout. You're already a sellout. The fact that you sat there and you went there and you can watch all of that stuff. Imagine you go to a wedding where they collectively, 10 guys, you know, they, 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 they bash your mother and they say every single swear word in the book. Are you gonna just come and say, "Mashallah, the biryani was great"? Yeah, they were bashing my mother, but hey, but the the chops were awesome. Or uh, what is it gonna happen? You're gonna say, you know, I gave four guys a, a bloody nose, another three guys, a, 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 you know, black eye, and then I ran out. That's what's gonna happen if someone, hopefully, if someone sits there attacking your mother like that. You're not gonna just sit and listen. Oh, I walk out at the very least. So when Allah's deen is being attacked, when Sunnah is being attacked, when Haram is being conv- done, not by non-Muslims, by Muslims by Muslims on a table. And we sit there. What are we doing? We're enabling them. And we're letting them know that this is acceptable. And I'm with you on it. So, the fact that our silence is the biggest sin at that time. Our sitting there, acting like we don't see anything and going on with the next meal, is the biggest sin. Walk out. The very least you can do is walk out. As Rasulullah said, Whoever sees anything wrong,